Today is Friday, May 27th, 2022. This is The Link NKY Daily Headlines Podcast. I'm Matt Spaulding, and these are the stories we're following today. Kentucky Liberty Group leader issues apology after tweeting insensitive meme, reported on by Mark Payne. One day after 19 children and two adults were killed in a school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, Kentucky Liberty tweeted a meme that drew intense criticism before it was deleted. The group, which advocated for Republican challengers against incumbent Northern Kentucky lawmakers in the May 17th primary, is a nonprofit that describes itself as pro-Constitution and anti-corruption. The tweet showed an image of a six-window meme. In the first window, a person asks, how many children have to die before you support gun control? An angel then flies in with a note, and in the sixth frame, it reads, all of them. The tweet drew ire from journalists, politicians, and others across the Commonwealth, including State Representative Adam Koenig, the Erlanger Republican who was defeated on May 17th by challenger Steve Doan, an Erlanger city councilman. Kentucky Liberty backed Doan with campaign materials against Koenig. Matthew Lehman, Congressman Thomas Massey's Democratic opponent in the 4th Congressional District, condemned the meme and said it came from a Massey-groomed hate group. The devastating loss of 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, has broken the hearts of decent people everywhere, Lehman said in a statement. The cartoon posted by these fanatics is a sickening betrayal of American and human values, putting extremist ideology above the lives of children, all children. I call on Thomas Massey to withdraw his support for the so-called liberty candidates and their despicable acts. God have mercy on us. Massey has not yet responded to a request for comment. T.J. Roberts, the group leader, said he posted the meme because the Second Amendment is something he's passionate about, but ultimately, he said, it was in poor taste. In initial conversations with Link and KY, Roberts said he stood by the meme, but later decided he was regretful for the post and took it down. I want to reiterate my apology, Roberts said in a statement. I also want to emphasize that I hope to learn from this mistake. I hope to be better. My intention was not to cause harm with this post. It clearly did. I am sorry. The post was tone deaf and insensitive. I should have thought twice. Sadly, I didn't. I regret that decision and hope my future actions reflect my regret for this misstep. I apologize for the post. In Campbell Commissioner's race, lawsuit seeks to reverse outcome of primary election, reported on by Mark Payne. A lawsuit filed this week seeks to remove incumbent Campbell County 1st District Commissioner Brian Painter as the Republican Party's nominee in the November general election. Painter defeated challenger Dave Fisher by 106 votes in the GOP primary on May 17th. Fisher filed suit alleging multiple violations. As a result of the egregious, unlawful, corrupt practices alleged herein to solicit and influence likely voters, namely gifting inside of a polling place to a group of likely voters, petitioner David Fisher is entitled to relief at equity that the election results in favor of respondent Brian Painter be set aside and the election of respondent Painter be deemed void and David Fisher be deemed nominated as the Republican nominee for Campbell County 1st District, the lawsuit reads. Fisher alleges that Painter participated in unlawful electioneering ahead of the primary. Electioneering refers to the activities of campaigning for office and in itself is not illegal in Kentucky, but is prohibited in certain situations. A temporary injunction was filed on Thursday to stop the election results from being finalized while the case is pending. 
we are looking to have the election of Commissioner Painter voided by the court because of the unlawful electioneering that he either conducted or people on his behalf conducted in direct violation of Kentucky electioneering laws and the Kentucky Corrupt Practices Act, which are criminal offenses and also lend to a removal from the ballot by a court and an election contest is filed, said Steve Meagerly, Fisher's attorney. Fisher also requested a re-canvassing for May 26th, and the results showed that Painter still won the race. Fisher now has the option to request a recount. The case alleges that poll workers attending special election training in Campbell County were subjected to the presence of handbills and campaign materials from Painter. Campbell County Judge Executive Steve Pendry and Jailer James Daly, all of whom won their primary elections on May 17th. Painter also allegedly passed out pens to 158 poll workers, the suit alleges. The campaign literature, cards, handbills, and pens placed by respondent Painter or respondent John Doe's and Jane Doe's on behalf on candidate Painter with his knowledge is a clear violation of the electioneering statute because of the high likelihood patriotic poll workers exercise the franchise after their training sessions, the lawsuit reads. An unidentified member of Campbell County's Republican Party's Election Integrity Committee then filed a complaint to Campbell County Clerk Jim Lurison about the materials. In response, Lurison said, It's common practice before the class starts, but candidates must leave once class starts. Any candidate is allowed to pass out literature at the poll worker classes, Lurison said in an email to the committee member, which is listed in the lawsuit. This has been the practice for decades. Lurison chose not to comment for this article, citing advice from county attorneys. Painter didn't comment on the court case, but said he did everything legally and asked permission for everything he did. We pride ourselves on doing everything by the book and legally. That's why we asked for permission for everything we did, Painter said. That's the way I see this election, and these folks are just trying to steal it, and that's plain and simple. The lawsuit comes amid tension in the Campbell County Republican Party, where party leadership and committee chairs either sought to oust GOP incumbents or campaign for open seats. Chairperson Anna Zinkon unsuccessfully challenged Pendry. Fisher is vice chair of the county party. I got some grief before I ran for vice chair. I was running for Campbell County Commissioner, Fisher said to Link NKY reporter Haley Parnell before the election. There had already been three people before me within the last three to four years in a similar position. Anna Zinkon and David Fisher did not respond to requests for comments. The lawsuit could possibly be heard by the court in the next 30 days. Former firefighter who uses wheelchair asks Florence officials for sidewalks, reported on by Caitlin Gebby. A Florence man who uses a wheelchair asked Florence City Council members when something would be done about the sidewalks near his home on Weaver Road. Rick Hopple worked with Florence's volunteer fire department in the 1970s. Now retired and living on Weaver Road for the last eight years, he gets around using a motorized wheelchair, but he said the lack of sidewalks for a large portion of the road make it difficult to get around. He attended the city council meeting on Tuesday and spoke during the public comment section before the meeting adjourned. In the winter, when they plow the road, there's nowhere to go, he told the council. There is a sidewalk on the southwest side of Weaver Road, but it ends at Ridgeview Drive. Guardrails and steep ditches beyond that point would make it impossible for Hopple's wheelchair to move on anything except for the road. Council members said there has been an ongoing effort for safe pedestrian travel after a car struck and killed a grandfather and two children, both one-year-olds, in 2015 while they were on a walk on Weaver Road. The former firefighter said he has asked for answers on who is responsible for that section of the road. He said he has been searching for answers from the city and the state and discovered that Florence is responsible for the sidewalks, while the street is the state's responsibility. 
Public Services Supervisor Eric Hall told Hopple in the meeting that a project to extend the sidewalk in that area was recently bid out by the city, but it came in at $1 million over budget. Hall said the bid came in so high out of the necessity for specialty work in the area. He said, because Weaver Road is also State Road 842, overnight work would be required for the project and that alone drove up the price. Hall said the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet has loosened the restrictions for work in the area in an attempt to make the project's cost more manageable. The project is going to be put out to bid again in the coming weeks, and the city expects a bid closer to its budget. NKY Area Development District announces new executive director. This is a Link NKY staff report. The Northern Kentucky Area Development District announced Thursday that it appointed Tara Johnson-Nome as its new executive director. Johnson-Nome begins August 1st, replacing Lisa Cooper, who announced her plans to retire in January. It's exciting to welcome Tara Johnson-Nome to lead NKADD, said board chair and Kenton County Judge Executive Chris Knockleman. Tara is uniquely qualified to take on this role and has big shoes to fill. Tara's breadth of experience in workforce, economic development, and community service will be invaluable as she begins her leadership of our ADD-encompassing urban, rural, agricultural, and suburban communities. Johnson Nome is not new to the organization. She has served as the Associate Director for Workforce Development since 2019, managing a team that implements workforce programs across an eight-county region. Before working at NKADD, Johnson Nome was the Director of Government Relations at the United Way of Greater Cincinnati. She also has served in the community and economic development roles for the Catalytic Fund, Vision 2015, Northern Kentucky Triad, and the NKADD's Public Administration Division. Cooper, who retires August 1st and will work to train Johnson Nome as she transitions out of the role, began her career with NKADD as a public administration specialist and served as the associate director for community development before becoming the executive director in 2011. I congratulate Lisa on her well-deserved retirement and thank her for decades of selfless service to Northern Kentucky, Knockleman said. Lisa has led with a steady hand and the region is forever stronger because of it. Parking Amnesty Program Intended to Fill Citation Backlog in Covington, reported on by Kenton Hornbeck. Anyone with a Covington parking citation that is doubled due to non-payment will soon be given some breathing room thanks to an amnesty program approved Tuesday. Once a parking ticket in Covington has gone unpaid for 14 days, the fine doubles. The Covington City Commissioner approved the program Tuesday, which will bring fines back to their original amount if they are paid during the month of June. The program does not include costs for towing, handling, and storage. ABM Parking Services, which manages parking in Covington, will begin booting and towing cars that have two or more unpaid tickets after the program concludes on July 1st. The program will help generate revenue as a reset coming out of COVID, said Kyle Snyder, Executive Director of the Covington Motor Vehicle Parking Authority. There are 10,000 or more parking citations that are unpaid within the city, Snyder said during last week's board meeting. That's totaling over $300,000. Almost all of them have been doubled because they have not been paid for over two weeks. A typical parking ticket in Covington is $30. If the ticket remains unpaid after 40 days, the fine doubles to 60 ABM stopped booting and towing cars during the pandemic, which is contributing to the citation backlog. Snyder said the Covington Police Department has been booting and towing cars, but generally only when a complaint arises. Research has shown in other municipalities that 30-50% to 50 of people do take advantage of that, Snyder said. A 30% payment rate would bring in $99,330 for Covington, Snyder said, while a 50% payment rate would bring in $165,500. 
This is a great idea, and it's an approach that I think is incredibly important, Commissioner Tim Downing said. The City of Covington will be mailing letters to parking citation recipients to inform them of the impending amnesty period, as well as reminding them that they have an outstanding parking fine. The Covington Communications Department will be putting up more information on the city website to inform residents of the amnesty program and its details. And those are the headlines we're following for Friday, May 27th, 2022. The Link NKY Daily Headlines podcast and all Link NKY podcasts are available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and LinkNKY.com. Please subscribe and tell a friend. And for more on today's headlines and to see what else is happening in Northern Kentucky, please visit LinkNKY.com.